So, are you DTFF? Once again, here is Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge. Welcome back to the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast, everyone. Thank you so much for uh, joining us this evening. Uh, I am your host, Dustin Lund. As you can see, my co-host, normal co-host, Jake Trowbridge, is not with me this evening. Uh, he just got back from Ireland this afternoon. So uh, from the long trip, he needs a little relaxation from his vacation. But we called in the relief pitcher here to uh, jump in and and man the co-host chair. So we have Josh Hudson uh, from Club Fantasy Podcast. How are you doing this evening? Thank you for jumping I in. I think calling me a relief pitcher is probably the best compliment I've gotten for in a, quite a while. So thank you for that, Justin. Oh, that, <laughs> it felt a little... Um, very accurate. Oh, okay. Oh, if you're fine with it, I, I, I that was the first thing that came to, the, to my mind. So I just felt like that I probably could have done something a little bit more effervescent for you. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm very happy you're here. Because let's be honest, my fans, my fans and Jake's fans, it's not just my show. Let's be honest here. Come oh, it's on. your show. <laughs> All right. Well, Jake. Show, not Jake. <laughs> All right. He's out of here. <laughs> yeah, let's be honest. Everyone does not want to listen to me do a solo show for two weeks in a row. So uh, to have a second voice on here is very much needed because uh, let's be honest, I... People don't want to see me talk and it's just hard. listen to my opinion. So I, I've I've tried doing it. Uh, I did radio. I started doing radio when I was twenty or uh, eighteen years old. Excuse me. So Ooh. I've been doing it now almost twenty years. And trying to do a solo show, I, like I, and I've been in the producer chair watching someone else try to do it. And after about five minutes, he's he's literally motioning to me like, "All right, go to commercial, turn on your microphone, and we're talking back and forth." Like, it's <laughs> one of the hardest things in the world to do i i commend people that have that talent mm-hmm. but at a certain point you're just making conversation with yourself and let's be honest most people are just going to think crazy happening. yeah <laughs> absolutely well yeah so thanks for coming on we have got a great show this evening we are talking fantasy studs and fantasy duds through the first two weeks of the seasons and do we think these trends that we've seen over the first couple weeks will they continue so uh that that's going to be the main point of conversation for this evening uh but first things first uh, you know, Josh, if you listen to our show, we always talk about what we're drinking in our beer of the week this week. So I'll throw us off here first. I am drinking a Whisktoberfest. Uh, it's a Mertzen style beer uh, with a nice little um, skeleton, uh, what you might call it, German guy on here. Um, it's Mertzen season. I love Oktoberfest. It's my favorite beer season of the year. I can't not get enough Oktoberfest in me. Uh, so that's what I'm drinking this evening. Very good from a nice local brewery here in Wisconsin. Uh, are you imbibing in something this evening, Josh? So I, 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 I felt the need to indulge because, I mean, look, if you're going to appear on Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football, you have to have yourself a, a nice beer, craft beer, etc. I'm not the biggest craft beer fan. I will specify this. I usually sit on our shows and I'll have my Trulies and Hey, we do not yeah, judge but, on this show. But in the spirit of BTFF, and yes, I'm down to BTFF. Nice. So I went with the local um, a local brewery here in Florida, in Sarasota, Florida. It's called Jada's. And they have what's called passion meats. So it's more of a hoppy style. I'm not a huge on like dark beers and pumpkin spice and kiss my ass and all that other oh thank you so, <laughs> sorry I, 
not my thing, man. Just not my thing. But uh, J Dubs and Bastion Weed, I'll, I'll, I'll cheers to that. <laughs> nice. That's what I'm going with today. Nice. All right. What well, would you give it? Thumbs up. Thumbs. How would you rate this beer? Is it good? Since you're not God. necessarily a craft yeah. beer aficionado. No, I, I've had it before. Um, I used to go actually. So the 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 brewery here actually has like a restaurant set up as well. Okay, right on. And um, they're the owner of it's a huge Eagles fan, which I'm also an Eagles fan. So um, me and some friends of mine uh, for a few years, we used to always go down to the brewery and we'd watch the Eagles games. And obviously, the only thing you can get there is J Dub's beer, mm-hmm. and they've got all kinds of different ones. And that's just kind of the one that I felt. Um, fit my palate the best so uh, that's what i went with nice all right well good um speaking of being an eagles fan um and i I was gonna save this for a little bit later but it makes for a good segue here i think i need to offer an apology out there to uh jalen hurts because i was not as i didn't i didn't think he was gonna do as well as he did as he ended the year last year and so far through two weeks. Well, to be fair, he ended the year getting benched. So well, uh, okay. Well, <laughs> he 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 did light up those the the end of the year last year, and I know uh, a lot of us analysts out there were very high on him going into this year um, with that rushing upside he has, uh, and thinking there was going to be improvement with his passing game, which there definitely has been. Uh, and he is not in our studs and duds uh, list uh, for this evening, uh, which is part of the reason why I wanted to bring this up. But uh, I personally want to apologize to Jalen Hurts because I know he listens to the show uh, and say, I am sorry I ever doubted you, uh, at least for fantasy purposes. Uh, he's getting it done. I've been really impressed with what he's done through these first couple of weeks here. Uh, as the resident Eagles truther on the show tonight, how are you feeling? I mean, we're one and one. He beat the team that he was supposed to beat, so I'll give him that. Uh, I mean, he's completing 67% of his passes, no interceptions. I'll definitely take that. Mm-hmm. We know all about his rushing upside, and currently among quarterbacks, he's second uh, in rushing yards uh, at 144 just behind Lamar Jackson, which, let's be honest, Lamar Jackson was going to lead all the quarterbacks in rushing yards, especially yeah. without a number one running back exactly. in Baltimore. <laughs> uh, I mean, through two weeks, uh, especially from a fantasy perspective, I'm definitely... I'm on board with it. I'm not mad at it at all. Um, I would have loved to have seen a better performance last week against San Francisco, considering how abysmal they looked against Detroit. Um, but they came to play. Mm-hmm. And I you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, Dallas's defense has looked better. Um, I mean, holding Justin Herbert to... I mean, yeah, he topped 300 yards, but he threw two interceptions, and they, they held the Chargers offense to only 17 points. So mm-hmm. that. that doesn't make me totally confident heading into Monday night. Um, but again, I mean, his rushing upside is going to keep him viable in, in terms of fantasy. And at worst, he's a low end QB one the rest of the season. So Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would be right there with you. And I'll, I'll be honest. I had him kind of that mid to kind of in that 15 to 18 range as far as QBs for the season. I was lower on most, but yeah, these first couple of weeks, I think he's, uh, he's proven me wrong and I'm, I'm man enough to admit that. Um, yeah, although I, I had him to be 11, I believe. Yeah. But I will say if, if he shits the bed here, the second half of the year, I will take that late, late victory lap on him. So, uh, uh, I don't expect that to happen though. Honestly, at this point, I I'll take my lumps and, uh, just deal with it. So hey, we can't, can't be right. A hundred percent of the time. Right? No, if I was, I would not be doing the job I'm doing. Let's be honest. <laughs> I know. Then we'd have to do this sober. Like, come on. Who wants to do that? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, let's move on here uh, before we get into uh, the heart of our episode and do our drunk trade of the week. 
drunk 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 of the week Dustin you're still muted buddy. I know apparently there, there we go. go I don't know why I was lagging so bad that was odd <laughs> I, I was sitting here waiting. I'm like, okay, the drop is done. I was like, the do drop I need done. to read it off? <laughs> <laughs> oh, great show we're having. All right. So our drunk trade this week comes from Reddit user Kevin BM3. Um, I hope that's not a daily BM occurrence for him because then you might have issues, but that's besides the point. So this is a Dynasty PPR league here. So Kevin says, last season got pretty toasted during week one Monday night game. Traded away Saquon and two future second rounders for Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, J.K. Dobbins, Naheem Hines, Cortland Sutton, and a first rounder. All right, so that's the first part of this. There are a lot of pieces there. Uh, so basically... The fact that you got that much for Saquon Barkley is an absolute home run. Yeah, I agree. I and Especially since he was the one that was toasted and offering the trade. Um, I mean, that that feels like something that the toasted person would uh, off. You know, I would be on the receiving end of someone uh, doing the drunk trade here, not the one offering out that trade. So, yeah, first part of the trade is great. I mean, let's be honest. We should have uh, stopped here. Um, yeah, but there's the, more. The, there, there's more. Yeah, there, there's more. Um, so it, he says then immediately flipped uh, Cortland Sutton for Al Gore, Al Gore, Frank Gore. Nope, not the vice president of the United States. Frank Gore and two second round picks. So take that in a vacuum by itself. How do you feel about Cortland Sutton for Frank Gore in a two seconds? I mean, if it were Al Gore, I would love it, right? <laughs> no, um, I mean, from a dynasty perspective, that's... Gore is pointless, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, but, I mean, two seconds for Sutton heading into last year. I don't think is egregious by any means. No, and Gore had I, I some probably, viable weeks last year. Last year he was hurt. He missed all of last year. It was the year before that oh. he was coming off of a thousand yard season. So that's what he's, I'm saying. He's like, been I mean, around for a thousand years, so it's hard to keep them all straight. <laughs> calm down. Um, <laughs> no, like I said, I mean, even if you know heading into to the start of last year, prior to the injury, getting two seconds, I don't think is egregious. Um, I think you know, obviously, I I wouldn't deal him for less than a first because. I look at him as a, as a wide receiver one. Mm -hmm. I, I've I've been a huge Sutton guy from the moment he was drafted. I, I thought he was easily one of the best, if not the best, wide receiver prospects coming out of that draft class. Um, so you know, I've always had that type of value on top of him. So um, yeah, not bad. But I mean, if you're if you're contending, obviously I want to keep Sutton, right? But if Absolutely. it's a sell off and get the picks, sure, by all means. Yeah, and then there's more to this story here. And it's the drunk trade that she just keeps giving. So then uh, he says that Saquon and Sutton got hurt the following week and ended up winning his league. Best oh, drunk Gibson, decision McLaurin, ever made. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what... Naheem Hines, he had a good season that. last year. Hines had a good year, yeah. I don't know who else was on the team, but yeah. And he ended up with a first rounder and... Two seconds. two seconds i mean traded away the two seconds so that was that those two uh he yeah, received back were kind of there. nullified but uh yeah all in all that is a great drunk trade i will say uh especially since you received all those young good players i mean that's is what cool. you want in dynasty yeah right? absolutely probably should have stopped before you flip sutton let's be honest um okay but the two yeah. seconds 
Yeah, it's okay. it's fine. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, all in all, Kevin, um, not a bad drunk trade. We we've had much worse. I I, I would actually give this one a thumbs up because uh, I, I think you did well overall, and you ended up winning your league. So let's be honest. In the end, that's all that really matters. You win it yep. for one year, you're good. So uh, so yeah, congrats on you for winning the league and being. Uh, I don't want to say you fleeced your teammate that you were able to trade Saquon for and get all that uh, talent back, but uh, that was a damn oh, no, good trade to pull him. off. <laughs> Saquon is somebody that I'm not messing with in Dynasty. Even in redraft, I, I wanted nothing to do with Saquon first. Yeah. I've always felt he's very overrated as a generational prospect. Well, that term gets thrown around so often that it's... Well, there's that, yeah. <laughs> but I just, I don't know. Like, with, with Saquon, I feel like with... <clears throat> Excuse me. With it, as many big runs as he has mm-hmm. throughout his career, he should have much better vision on the ones where he's losing a yard, three yards, four yards. Right. It's like at a certain point, dude, like take what the line is giving you, which I understand isn't much. It's not like, much. <laughs> still, it's just, it, yeah. That's why I've always been a huge fan of Frank Ward. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, great segue from there. But, you know, he just, he took what the defense gave him. Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. forward, get a few yards. Then break the 10-yard run. Then break the 40-yard run. That's right. And obviously, I mean, just, yeah, with, like I said before, that all that young talent with McLaurin and Gibson. Obviously, Dobbins is hurt, Absolutely. but he should come back next year just fine. Um, and that's just one less year of wearing Don't tear on his body. Don't trade Dobbins now. Just no. Stop. Tight. Hang on to him. Yeah, stop while you're ahead. <laughs> Although I was one of those fantasy owners last year. I didn't do drunk trades, but I did trade for Sutton after he was hurt um, towards the end of the season when he's been on the bench and people kind of forgot about him. Because uh, like you, I mean, I'm not a big uh, college tape grinder by any stretch of the imagination, but I did like what I saw out of his rookie year. Uh, and so I was he was one of my targets all offseason trying to get him wherever I could because I thought for sure he was going to bounce back. Obviously, did not expect the Judy injury, which, you know, is a whole different thing. But I did expect him to to return to that number one kind of alpha on the team. So I'm happy I got him and, and things oh, are working right. out we'll for him. A little bit later. Oh, oh, OK. That we call foreshadowing. foreshadowing. I love it. All right. So before we get into our uh, meat of the episode here, uh, we do need to do an ad read from our sponsor here. So let me get up the screen here and i will read you guys sponsors i know i know well i don't big time but yeah so our sponsor this week is brought to you by poor richard's farm poor richard's farm offers 100 grass-fed beef sticks from european beef cattle raised ethically on their wisconsin farm combined with all natural ingredients poor richard's farm uses no fillers or artificial preservatives and vacuum seals their beef sticks to remain shelf-stable. Their cattle are never given supplemental hormones or antibiotics, but are given fresh air and wide-open spaces, which makes for physically and emotionally healthier cows. All of Poor Richard's Farm beef sticks are smoked with real hardwood chips and come in a variety of flavors, including barbecue hickory, teriyaki maple, and my personal favorite, Tex-Mex mesquite. So right now, if you go on their website... Use promo code DTFF at checkout and you can get 5% off your order. So visit poorrichardsfarm.com today. And if you buy three or more packs of their delicious all-natural beef sticks, you will get free shipping on your order. So go check them out today and you will not be disappointed. How many people do you think accidentally leave off the second F 
and then they're seeing these codes of DTF. Well, uh, that's a different sort of uh, website and podcast, I'm sure. I always find that funny. That's I, I love the name of the show. I love the abbreviation, but I'm always like, all right, how many people are going to leave off the F by accident? Just for uh, <laughs> They don't get their 5% off then. That's on them. Oh, nerds. <laughs> I know. I know. So, um, yeah, um, Josh, I know you said before we started recording here, since I didn't have uh, injury updates available and ready because you know, life I got and you. life and whatnot. And I just wasn't fully prepared for the podcast. I was going to try to pull it up as we talk, but you said, no, Dustin, I got, I got this. You. I got this. So why don't you give us a quick rundown of some of the injury updates that we can expect for this upcoming week here? Well, considering I have almost a full page of injuries, I don't know if it's going to be quick, <laughs> but we'll start with the quarterback position. Uh, Tyrod Taylor from Houston. Uh, put on IR today with a hamstring injury, so he's out a minimum of three weeks. Yep, doing Tyrod Mills. <laughs> yep. Well, hey, at least he avoided a punctured lung this time. It's very true. <laughs> uh, rookie Davis Mills is going to start in his place on Thursday. If you stream defenses and Carolina's out there, go grab them mm-hmm. now. Uh, Andy Dalton dealing with a, br- a bruised knee. Uh, this is the true definition of a week-to-week injury. Um, bruised knees, not fun at all. There's a strong chance we will probably see Justin Fields in week three. But again, Matt Nagy has been very steadfast in his opinion that when healthy, Andy Dalton, for some weird reason, is the starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears. Carson Wentz is dealing with not one, but two, two sprained ankles. Two. Two. Two sprained ankles. Uh, Frank Reich is considering him day to day. I, I personally don't know if he's playing. The, it's a divisional game this week against Tennessee. It looks like Jacob Eason will probably start. Yay. <laughs> At this point, I don't even think it's going to matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, both teams really aren't looking great, in all honesty. And, and even if Carson plays or doesn't play, I want all the A.J. Brown this week because Indy has looked bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, quarterback Tua Tungavailoa from Miami is dealing with bruised ribs. Apparently, the report is that it is strictly a pain tolerance at this point. If Tua can handle the pain, he will play. If not, we will see Jacoby Brissett, much like he did last week. They play the Raiders this week. Speaking of the Raiders, quarterback on the other side. Derek Carr is dealing with an ankle injury. Gruden has called him questionable, but sounds hopeful that he will play. Yeah, It's like you looked at all my fantasy squads and basically named off all my starting quarterbacks so far, and I hate this. Andy Dalton and Tyrod Taylor are starting for you. No, oh goodness. <laughs> Carson Wentz, Derek Carr, Tua. I mean, it's just, it, it's, it's not good. <laughs> oh, Dustin. Oh, Dustin. That's all right. Stream the quarterback position. That's, That's right. Uh, Cleveland wide receiver Jarvis Landry suffered a knee injury Sunday, was placed on IR today. That should open up some opportunity for Donovan Peoples-Jones, which most people are not talking about. He's been third in line in the depth chart. Now second with OBJ not playing. Now he vaults up to number one. He ended up playing the most snaps among all of the wide receivers this past week. I know that was targeted a lot to the tight ends. Just keep the name in mind when waivers run. Pittsburgh wide receiver Deontay Johnson. Near and dear to my heart. Not cool. <laughs> Suffered a knee injury. Uh, Mike Tomlin has said he's doing better. But did not say that that was a great thing. So cool. <laughs> yeah. My guess is he will probably end up missing at minimum this week, maybe even the following week. 
Yeah. Uh, I, all that's going to do is just open up opportunities for Claypool and, mm-hmm. and Juju. But I also think then you'll see Eric Ebron now get a little bit more involved from a wide receiver perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terrell Henderson with the Rams is dealing with a rib injury, uh, specifically rib cartilage. They sound like he should be able to go Sunday. Uh, but we've seen with Henderson in the past where these injuries really sort of like just sap him right out of the mm-hmm. lineup. So, um, well, you know, we'll see. Obviously, if he can't go, that opens up a lot more opportunities for Sony Michelle. And uh, this feels like a recurring theme over the last three years. Uh, San Francisco 49ers running backs are hurt. What do you know? They all lose of them. Uh, Raheem Mostert. <laughs> yeah, all of them. Uh, they lose Raheem Mostert in week one. This week, Elijah Mitchell goes down with a shoulder injury. They're saying it's a stinger, so he should be able to go for this week. Uh, Trey Sermon got his first carry of the year. Carried it eight yards, promptly left with a concussion. Jermichael Hasty suffered a high ankle sprain. Uh, so he's considered week to week. They're saying it's likely going to be a one to three week injury. So hmm. again, kind of just play it by ear. Um, as a result of all of these running back injuries, the team has brought in Duke Johnson, TJ Yeldon, oh. and Lamar Miller all for visits. And they oh. also have carry on Johnson on the practice squad. So the who's yeah. who of grossness for running backs. Oh, <laughs> have fun God. rostering San Francisco 49ers. Uh, running just back. pass. Good just Lord. everyone out there. Just don't even try to figure it out. Just pass for this week. Awful. Just roster someone else from a different team. Yeah, just awful. Uh, Jacksonville wide receiver LaVisca Chenault suffered a shoulder injury. I don't have very many other details outside of that, uh, but it sounds like it's more of a stinger at this point. So um, he, he, he's seeing target share, just hasn't done much with him. So uh, we'll we'll see how that injury plays out. Philadelphia tight end Zach Ertz was placed on the COVID reserve list, I believe it was yesterday. Uh the team signed or brought up Richard Rogers, I believe, from their practice squad to help out for the tight end room behind Dallas Goddard. And in the last bit of information that actually isn't injury related, uh, the Dolphins beat reporter Cameron Wolf has reported that Will Fuller uh, returned to the facility on Monday. By all accounts, he's in a better headspace and is expected to play Sunday against Las Vegas. Without Tua, I don't know if that matters too much. But right. <laughs> again, the news is there for you. Back to you, Dustin. <laughs> Whoa. All right. That was nice. Thank you for that. So, um, so yeah, we, we're going to start with our fantasy studs here. And um, basically what I'm going to do, Josh, is I'm going to say some names here, tell you where they're at after the first two weeks of the season here. And you tell me, are they really this good? Is this going to continue or is this more of a mirage? All right. And if you've got some, and if you've got something you want to throw at me uh, with the names that aren't on the, you know, some names that's not on the list, let me know or just throw it at me. I'll tell you back. Sound good? Sounds good. All right. So first name on the list here, uh, all pro, just coming out of no, I should say out of nowhere, but just everything we'd ever hope from Cooper Cup. He is the number oh, he, number two absolutely. scorer overall, averaging thirty point three points per game. Uh, just looking like he's got that connection with Matt Stafford over at the Rams now. Uh, do you think this is going to continue? Is he going to be the number one in his Bobby Trees near and dear to my heart? Is he going to be kind of the number two wide receiver? Or is this just, you know, with Matt Stafford just kind of being, uh, finding just the guy right now and it happens to be Cooper Cup? I mean, they're breakfast buddies, right? They're all going to brunch during the week and you know, doing their thing, Cup and, and Cup and Stafford. I mean, look, Cup was Jared Goff's guy too. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. And this is goes back all the way to his days in college. He can catch the football. He doesn't drop it. He makes these catches, gets open, 
takes it the rest of the way. Um, even when Cup was having his ball out seasons uh, previously with golf, Robert Woods still had a role. Mm-hmm. And that's what seems worrisome here in, in terms of, of Robert Woods is that he really doesn't right now. Like Cup is literally the lone focus for Matthew Stafford. And it, it to me, it's just one of those things where as long as Cup keeps getting open, Stafford's going to keep throwing it to him. So unless defenses start running more of these like high low coverages and, you know, doubling up on Cup, that's the only way I think that Robert Woods is going to start seeing more volume. Mm-hmm. So I think with Woods, it's going to be a lot more matchup based than maybe we probably wanted it to see. But for me, I'm all in on Cup. Like I, 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 I was high on him last year, even with golf. I remained high on him this year. Still thought he was going to have a role. Him and Woods were going to be back and forth in terms of mm-hmm. target share anyway. But I really felt that Cup was going to bounce back in the touchdown department anyway. I wasn't 100% sure it was going to hit like the double digits that it did a couple years ago. Right. But I didn't think any way in hell it was going to remain at three. Well, like, oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 That was an anomaly so, from what he normally does. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to remain as like that 30 point per game threshold <laughs> that he's currently at. Um, you know, maybe he comes back down to earth a little bit, but. I can easily see him still going for 20 a game. I mean, what's that? Nine catches and 90 yards? Mm-hmm. Seems to be doing that with ease right about now. Yeah. So. so low end wide receiver one? I, I think you're probably talking about a top five wide receiver. Honestly. Ooh, top I five. I like yeah. that. Yeah. That's... I think he might end up finishing top five. Ooh, probably I... even top three if it keeps going this way. Well, if it keeps going this way, for sure. I, I could see that happening. Uh, yeah, I, I have always been a big fan of Cooper Cup. Uh, I actually... Figuring that the value is going to be high, tried to trade him uh, in this offseason. Uh, didn't happen, thankfully, because uh, I'm, I'm liking the return I'm getting so far. Uh, but yeah, I. Oh, some I, of the trades you don't make are the best trades. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I offered him up many times and every time got rejected. So uh, I'm, I'm happy for that right now. And hopefully my uh, league mates are uh, a little peeved at that. So um, I like that. So next one here is we're going to switch over to quarterback and we're going to talk about Derek Carr. Who I know you said you know a little bit injury, uh, but he's currently sitting at QB eight, averaging twenty four point one points per game. Now I have liked what I've seen out of this offense so far. I mean, we knew Darren Waller was going to get his, uh, but I like that Brian Edwards has gotten a little bit more involved, and um, you know, I, 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 it, it seems like the Raiders are trying to open it up a little bit more, and they kind of have to, you know, being in that AFC West with the rest of the the high flying offenses in that division. So do you see Derek Carr, obviously health, you know, was standing here, um, staying in that low end QB one range for the rest of the season. For me, it's more about, can they get the running game? going? Because if they can't, Derek Carr is going to have to throw the football. And, you know, we saw how non-existent the wide receivers were in week one until about 30 seconds left in the football game for overtime. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last week, you know, rugs being able to get deep, which we saw last year with Nelson Aguilar. Like, that's what this offense is going to do. It's going to work underneath. It's going to, you know, chip away your three yards of carry from Josh Jacobs. It's going to get five yards on a slant from Hunter Renfro. It's going to get seven to, excuse me, seven to 12 from Darren Waller. And then they're going to take that 40-yard bomb. And right now, Nelson Aguilar is that guy that's filling that, or not Nelson Aguilar, excuse me, Henry Ruggs filling that Nelson Aguilar role. Brian Edwards needs to be able to hold his own on the outside because at the end of the day, that's what's going to help Ruggs get deep, Mm -hmm. but it's going to help keep the safeties honest because if rugs can keep doing damage which is why they draft him because he has that kind of talent it's going to take focus away 
from Darren Waller, which again is going to help the offense anymore, even yep. more. And as long as they can keep that pass going, Josh Jacobs can get 3.5 yards per carry instead of three, <laughs> you know, when he's healthy. Right. But of yeah, course. the offensive line is a work in progress. They, they jettisoned all their starters from a year ago, which it, still blows my I mind. Feel like, yeah. I still feel like this is going to be a work in progress. The, the offensive line, lines in general, just need time to gel. Like, mm-hmm. and we've seen it even, you know, to start the year with Kansas City. Like, they, they basically revamped their entire offensive line as well. So, you know, you can't expect these guys to come out and be a top five offensive line right away just because of talent. Right. You still and need to get familiar with the people that are right next to you. Yeah. And especially since, for all purposes, preseason, you know, starters don't play during the preseason anymore. Right. So, I mean, they don't get those reps, like real actual game reps to, like like you said, earn that um, chemistry and, and gel together. So, um, before we get to the next one, we have a question in the chat from Michael Chap here. Um, so he has offered someone in his league, Herbert, and one of Sutton, Gordon, Gaskin for Lamar Jackson. This guy he offered him to um, has Mahomes as his QB1 and Lamar as his backup. So he really wants Lamar. So um, I'm going to assume this is a PPR league. How do you feel about uh, Herbert and one of those players and getting Lamar in return. I mean, I don't hate it. Um, I think Lamar, the thing with Lamar is he has to go nuclear this year. Mm-hmm. Like, th- there's literally, there, there's, it's nuclear or it's falling flat on your face because there are no other options on that Baltimore offense. Like, mm-hmm. he's going to have to make something magical this season. And I have a feeling that it's just, it's either going to plummet in your championship games or it's going to face plant the Ravens in the playoffs because at the end of the day, one man can only do so much. Yep. Like, he's had, I think, five career games with over 100 rushing yards and over 200 passing yards. And there's a chance that he might equal that this year alone mm-hmm. out of necessity because they just don't have anybody else. And we saw it on uh, Sunday night against the, the, uh, the Chiefs. Like, it, he was Superman. And it, it took everything that he had. And they still only won by one. Like, yep. <laughs> they, I feel like like Lamar is the ultimate fantasy cheat code. So absolutely go after him if you have the opportunity. The problem with offering up another quarterback to get him is he already has Mahomes. He doesn't need right. a quarterback. Yep. So at that point, it's like, all right, what can I offer to entice him? And at that point, it's ultimately going to take skill position players to do that, which is then going to hurt your team. Because what you're trying to do is keep the nucleus of your team intact and then add Lamar Jackson to that. Now, is Herbert and, say, Gaskin or Sutton fair for Lamar? Sure. But what I would really be trying to do is build around Herbert Mm -hmm. and not kill the nucleus of my team to get the high-profile quarterback like Lamar Jackson. That's why most people in the fantasy industry preach the idea of waiting at the quarterback position. Because when you end up spending those early round draft picks on a Mahomes, on a Kyler, on a Josh Allen, on a Lamar Jackson, you're foregoing a potential wide receiver one, a potential you know cheat code at tight end in, in Kelsey or Waller, uh, a potential you know wide receiver one, or excuse me, a running back one, a running back two. Some of these guys that you know are, are ultimately playing more valuable positions because you're starting multiple of them in the lineup, which is only the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean. 
you have Herbert, who is a young and very good quarterback. I know he struggled a little bit to start the year, but I mean, I think we all expect him to do well and continue to do well, especially with all the weapons he has around him. I know he's not quite the cheat code that Lamar is with the running or rushing upside, but I mean, you've already got Cortland Sutton, who is a very good wide receiver, who I expect to end up as a low end wide receiver one this year. Uh, Gordon. Yeah, he's got value for this year. Gaskin value for this year. Um, you know, uh, Michael here in the chat says um, this guy seems to want a bigger return for Lamar. I don't know if I'd give up much more. I mean, the drop down from Lamar to Herbert isn't necessarily going to be that much. Like you said, if unless Lamar goes nuclear, if he has a kind of a pedestrian season like he did last year, well, Herbert finished higher than Lamar at the end of last season. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, I mean, I mean, just because you have Lamar doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have the better fantasy production, although I understand the upside there. So, I mean, personally, with those guys that you have on your team, like you said, build around those guys and and maybe trade for another like running back piece or a wide receiver piece as opposed to trying to get get Lamar, unless that's your guy. If you really love him, I mean, just go get him. Man. Go out and get him and, and have fun rooting for him. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't promise that's going to lead you to a championship. Yep. But, you know, that, but again, fantasy is more fun when you're playing with guys that you want to win. Exactly. That's what we uh, always my, say my, here. <laughs> my big suggestion here would be don't try to trade for Lamar now. Wait for injuries to happen on this guy's team and then swoop it because maybe later in the year you could just say, hey, I'll give you Sutton because you lost the receiver. I'd like an upgraded quarterback. Give me right. Lamar. Is it a fair trade? Absolutely not. That's the it's way it the goes. <laughs> of, that's what you need. Mm-hmm. This is what I would like. I now have the assets that you need, so you're going to pay my price. It, that's simple yep. economics. It's blind man. Yep. And, and, that's, that is... that, and that's the thing in one quarterback leagues is quarterbacks don't have the same type of overall value, even though at the end of the day, they end up scoring more points, which mm-hmm. theoretically you should make them more valuable. Yep. No, I love that. That is a great point there. So, uh, Michael, I hope we answered your question here. Uh, so let's get back to our fantasy studs. Uh, next one on our list here is Gronk. And I'll admit through two weeks, I kind of whiffed on Gronk. I expected him. We all whiffed on Gronk. I expect him to finish as a tight end one, which I know is not, you know, the most difficult thing in the world here. Uh, but he's currently sitting at tight end two at 24.4 points per game. Um, two weeks in a row with two touchdowns. Um, do you expect this to continue? I, I mean, he's got that uh, uh, chemistry with, with Tom Brady there. So while, and, and I said it last week, I'm like, as far as waiver wire pickups or whatnot, I was like, or no, it was overreactions. I'm like, let's not overreact to this. Gronk is not going to have two touchdowns every single week. And then he went out this last week and proved me wrong and had another two touchdown game. Uh, while I mean, I, granted, it's the Falcons. It, uh, okay, fair enough, but... Uh, it's very apparent that Tom Brady likes Gronk and is going to be targeting him, especially when it gets towards the end zone. So is is Gronk going to finish in this upper echelon of tight ends, or is he going to kind of finish down in that low-end tight end one where he did last season? I mean, just looking at the schedule, I mean, look, they're at the Rams this week, then they're at New England, they're home to Miami, at the Eagles, home to the Bears, at the Saints, at Washington, home to the Giants, at the Colts, at the Falcons. And they end the season versus the Saints, at the Panthers, at the Jets, versus the Panthers. Like, I I, I know the Panthers have looked really good this year. The Saints, their defense has been pretty hit or miss. The Bills have been hit or miss. Colts suck. Falcons suck. Giants suck. 
Bears, eh. Mm-hmm. Eagles haven't been able to cover tight ends since Malcolm Jenkins was there. Why can't he finish as, as a tight end one? Hell, why can't he finish top three? Yeah. I mean, at this point, it's you're banking on the, the chemistry, right? And, you know, there's so many mouths to feed. I completely understand that. But Gronk scores touchdowns. Mm-hmm. That's what he's done his entire career. What he's done his entire career. You know damn well these three are going to go for three touchdowns against the Patriots, right? Like, oh, we all know that. Absolutely. You know, Bill Belichick has been so good about taking away a team's best weapon. Who is who is Tampa's best weapon? Uh, Like pick one, Godwin, Evans, Antonio Brown. That's three potential Hall of Famers at wide receiver. mm -hmm. Then you have Rob Gronkowski. Gronkowski, excuse me, easily, arguably the best tight end in NFL history. You take away one, somebody else is going to beat you. Like this is what Tom Brady does, and it's not like he doesn't know how Bill Belichick coaches. Mm -hmm. He played against his defense every day in practice for damn near twenty years. I, there, I, I see zero reason why, at this point in time, seeing how Gronk has started this season, I see no reason why he cannot finish top four at tight end. Mm-hmm. I, unless he gets hurt, we're looking at vintage Gronk right now. This is what he did. It was either, I'm getting 80 yards and a touchdown, I'm getting 40 yards and three touchdowns, and he doesn't really need to do much because they're not double teaming him. Mm-hmm. You can't. You got to pay attention to Evans and Godwin mm-hmm. and Antonio Brown. You can't double-team him. With New England, they had to double-team him. He doesn't have – nobody has to – he's not going to see any double coverage ever. No, no. In this offense. And, and that's ever. what's really scary, especially with this offense. It's just like, pick your poison. Who's going to go off this week? Which I know is extremely frustrating for us fantasy GMs out there of who to start on what week. But, yeah, I see no reason why Grog can't finish, like you said, in that top four, top five with ease. Yeah. Uh, with just what we've seen after these two weeks. that's not something I was weeks. saying at the beginning of the year. No, me either. No, I was expecting, weird. like I said, low-end tight end one value because it's Gronk gotcha. and, you know, it's not hard to finish there, let's be honest. Except for maybe you or me. Oh, I shouldn't I shouldn't speak for you. For me, let's say, I probably couldn't finish as a tight end one, but... Um... <laughs> Trust me, I couldn't finish as a tight end one either. <laughs> but for the average tight end in the NFL, you know, that that's not a very high bar to set these days. Uh, but to finish in that top four, top five, that's a little bit different story. And with the way things are going, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if, if he... I mean, he probably wouldn't finish tight end one just because Kelsey has the yards and the touchdowns. And probably not tight end two with Waller because he, you know, kind of same deal there. But tight end three, yeah, I, I can make a case for that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, moving on. Uh, this was one of Jake and mine's favorite players uh, to talk about in the offseason here. Uh, that's Brandon Cooks. So right now he's sitting at wide receiver 11, averaging 20 and a half points per game. Uh, basically, he's the only target there in town. So that's why he's getting force fed. Uh, the ball and doing what he's done, but he's just been perennially just undervalued in the fantasy community for whatever reason. You could get him so late in drafts this year. It was ridiculous. So are we going to see him continue to be this low end wide receiver one for the rest of the season? Not the rest of the season. I think he, obviously he's still going to be Houston's wide receiver one. Um, With Tyrod out now, at least three weeks, I'm taking a backseat on Cooks for at minimum the next three weeks. I think you're going to see a lot more of the tight ends get involved. I think you're going to see more of the running backs out of the backfield. Rookie quarterback coming in, they're not going to sit here and start throwing 20-yard bombs. Um, the, the benefit to Cooks has been nobody's double-teaming him because 
they don't need to. Mm-hmm. Houston's not going to beat them. Um, unless you're Jacksonville. Of course. You know, Jacksonville um, <laughs> but like Carolina, they don't like, sure. They can slide a safety up top just in case, but they're not going to need to, at the end of the day to contain cooks. Mm-hmm. Like they're basically going to put pressure on mills and say, all right, beat us. Mills isn't going to be able to do it. So I'm definitely out on cooks for the next three weeks. Nico Collins, um, their rookie from Michigan, uh, he just landed on IR himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that now takes a wide receiver two out of the equation, which again opens up more targets. And we saw last week Cooks ended up, I think, with fourteen targets. Like, and everybody else, the next best, I think, had three. Like, he is their offense at mm-hmm. this point. So, is it possible? Sure, but at this point, they need to find a quarterback to get him the football. And I'm not convinced right now that Davis Mills can. Yeah, yeah, it, it really makes me sad too with the Tyrod injury, only because one, the guy can't seem to catch good. a break. You know, it seems like every time he steps in, he's getting his chance to be the uh, starting quarterback. Injury kind of derails it. Rookie comes in and replaces him. But yeah, the offense was actually clicking surprisingly well, and he was looking really good. Uh, so yeah, but it's just a little aside there that uh, I was rooting for him uh, to continue to play well this season. All right, moving on. Uh, We'll do one or two more here. So let me see. Who do I want to pick? Unless you have one for me in the stud section that that's not on our list. I have some stats on Rondell Moore. Okay, yeah, let's hit it. So Rondell Moore. Stats on Rondell Moore. He is currently wide receiver, seventeen overall, averaging just over seventeen and a half points per game. So hit me with these stats. So again, love the kid. I'm at one thousand percent rooting for him. And I, and I posed this question on Twitter. And I said, there's literally no logical reasoning, whether it's analytical, physical, athletic, whatever. There's literally no reason why Rondell Moore should be succeeding right now. Because nobody at his size has succeeded at his position in the NFL. It just has not happened. He is 1,000% an outlier with whatever he does, if he does actually succeed. Right now, he's succeeding. Mm-hmm. But here's the catch. He has not even played 40% of the team's offensive snaps. And he's doing what he's doing, which tells me that they are scheming to get him the football. If you are an NFL defensive coordinator and you see Rondell Moore on the field, what is your first thought going to be? Cover uh, that guy. I was going to say, it's he's probably going to go to that football. guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, at a certain point, Teams are going to realize that because you are making it obvious that when Rondell Moore is on the field, he's getting the football. Mm-hmm. And now it becomes you have to stop him. Right now, teams aren't doing that, but it's only two weeks. Give it time. Right. So I'm not saying that I'm buying this fact that he's going to be like, a, you know, right now he's a wide receiver too, a wide receiver 17. I don't see that continuing, especially because he's currently fourth on his team in snap counts behind DeAndre Hopkins, behind A.J. Green, behind Christian Kirk. Now, if you're telling me that Rondell Moore could earn more snaps than A.J. Green and Christian Kirk, yes, I would Absolutely. buy that. Um, but let, let's not sleep on Christian Kirk. He looked really good week one. He had mm-hmm. a decent week, you know. So, like, A.J. Green, I'm, I've been out on A.J. Green. Like, yeah, he caught a touchdown last week. Okay, cool, whatever. <laughs> it happens. Um, but... You know, just just the fact that right now you're telling me that the fourth in line at wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals leads the team in targets, leads the team in receptions, and leads the teams in team in yards. That's just like mind blowing to me right now. 
So no, I do not expect that to continue when DeAndre Hopkins is still on that football team. All right. So realistically, then saying that obviously he's not going to be you know in the wider wide receiver two range necessarily. Where would you see him finishing the season? Do you think? I think at best he's top thirty six, and by that I mean like between thirty and thirty. Right. Right. I think that's I think fair. More realistically, top forty. Um, cause again, I, at a certain point, teams are going to catch up. They're mm-hmm. going to realize that when he's on the field, he's going to get the football. Um, and, and, but, but at the same token too, the more teams focus on Rondell Moore, that's going to leave DeAndre Hopkins. Wide right. Open. And like you said, wide receiver in the NFL. Right. And you have AJ Green, who maybe, you know, isn't what he used to be. Uh, he's kind of the ghost of, of AJ Green at this point, but still can produce, uh, when given the opportunity, uh, you know, and he wasn't brought in to be the focus, the wide receiver one on, on that squad. So, I mean, it, it's maybe not to the extent that we were just talking about Tampa Bay and their weapons. But, I mean, you've got good quality wide receivers there. And you know that offense is just going to throw the ball. They want to spread yeah, it out. They, they want to throw the highest percentage. So, they run at, the highest percentage of four wide receiver sets. Yeah. So at some point, like you said, you can't focus solely on Randale Moore because they have those other weapons on the on the team that they can throw to. So... I can see him finishing as that low-end wide receiver three uh, come the end of the season. I don't think that's uh, out of the realm of possibilities whatsoever. I was going to say the only other one I was going to think of was Debo Samuel as a stud. I I'm at, well, I know he, on your list. No, he's not. I, I left him off for a reason. I thought about adding him. Uh, but I have been so Well, you have high. Brandon Ayuk as one of your duds, so obviously we can touch on Samuel. Well, we this this that. was, again, Jake threw this together while in Ireland. Uh, he put together the, the names of the, the players. I just filled in the stats for him. He did most of the legwork. Uh, probably he's just feeling guilty that he wasn't going to be here this week. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I have been a big uh, Debo Samuel truther all offseason, uh, I, I was scooping him up, him up all last year. Uh, again, when he was on IR and, and injured, you know, kind of sporadically throughout the season, I was scooping him up wherever I could. So um, I, I just didn't want people to think I was taking a victory lap here after the first couple of weeks and, and spouting my love for Debo and how right I was. So that's why he's not on the list. <laughs> I'm trying to be well, an impartial. Uh, I was uh, trying to here. give you an opportunity to victory lap a little bit. It's only two weeks. I know. I know. That, <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to some uh, fantasy duds here. Uh, so basically, these players we're going to talk about, are we really worried about this? Uh, is, is this sort of trend going to continue? And I think probably for the majority of them, we're going to say, no, this we shouldn't be overly say, concerned. There's only about three of them where I'm legitimately like, All right, let's. Yeah. Let's but, yeah. you know, or is this just kind of a slow start? You know, as I said before, offenses don't really play a whole lot uh, in the preseason as far as the first stringers all playing together. So this just could be they're starting to gel and and get used to each other again, uh, playing as, as the first stringers. So um, CEH, he's currently sitting at RB46. Can you believe it? Yep, because he sucks. Oh, so there's that. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm not a CEH fan. He's, he was a huge fade for me all offseason. Like, I, it, it was very easy to get caught up in the hype of, oh, first-round rookie running back heading to the best offense in the NFL. Bye, bye, bye. We all forgot that CEH just is not that good. He's an okay runner. He's a talented pass catcher. But the problem is he can't block, so he's not in on passing downs when he should be getting the football. And that's what we're seeing right now. Mm-hmm. He's not getting targeted. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the thing. Mahomes catching back to not get targeted, you have zero value in fantasy football. Well, and that's not Mahomes's game either. He likes to throw the ball downfield. He's not a checkdown type of quarterback. So, Correct. yeah, he's Ch is not going to be catching a lot of balls out of out of the the backfield there for the Chiefs. I, I mean, unless Mahomes goes out, God forbid, because no one wants to see that. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, he's he's just not going to be catching those balls. That really does cap his value. So. Um, I'll admit I'm a little bit worried. I mean, obviously, he's going to finish better than RB46 come the end of the season. I expect him to kind of be maybe a low-range RB2 at this point. But uh, if people are expecting a return of, of the RB1 that we were all hoping for, I, I just don't see that happening this year. Yeah, um, I, I, Like I said, I've been out on TDH. So. All right. Um, I think yeah, these next... These next couple, um, we don't have to go into a whole lot because I think I, I'll, I'll speak for you here that we're not too worried about these these next few players. By the end of the season, they'll be just fine. And this is Josh Allen. He's currently sitting at QB 18. Justin Herbert. Herbert? Herbert. I can talk. Herbert sitting at QB 24 and Alvin Kamara sitting at RB 17. Do you have any concerns about the three of them? Nope. Nope. None whatsoever. Me either. All right, this next one, I don't know if I'm necessarily super worried about it, but it's slightly concerning. And let's lump the next two together because it is two San Francisco players here. Uh, we've got George Kittle, who is sitting at tight end 12, and then Brandon Ayuk, who really hasn't played much, and I just threw this on the show sheet because it's a ridiculous uh, uh, thing. He's currently sitting at wide receiver 135, <laughs> uh, which is a far cry from what everybody was spouting here in, in the offseason. And again, I know he's kind of injured and you know, weird, weird first couple weeks for him. But um, I think what we've seen in this offense, well, we've seen Debo get his. And I know a lot of that was buoyed by that first game. He had a really big first game. Uh, but I have liked what I've seen out of him. George Kittle, I mean, he's tight end 12. I think he will get back on track. I'm not too worried about him. Uh, but Brandon Ayuk, I mean, that's a little bit more of a concern, especially with some of this um, talk that Shanahan has been uh, given to the media and stuff about him having to play better than the people behind them and things like that. So what are your thoughts with Kittle and Ayuk? So with Kittle, I got absolutely eviscerated by Bob Lung and my co-hosts over the summer when we had Bob Lung on our show to preview the San Francisco 49ers. And I said that George Kittle is not somebody that I'm targeting early, even though he's part of this holy trinity of tight ends. And the biggest reason why is because he spends half of his time blocking. Mm Mm-hmm. When you spend half of your time blocking, that's half the time you're not running routes. When you should be running routes to catch the football to give me fantasy points. The math you're checks banking, out. <laughs> yeah, you're banking on efficiency with Kittle. And I understand that we've gotten that over the years. You want to hear a fun stat over the first two weeks about George Kittle? Guess how often he is lined up as a blocker. 50%. 62.3%. Okay? You have seen the merry-go-round of running backs that they have trotted out. And instead of saying, look, our running backs are hurt, maybe we should just stop running and throw to one of the best tight ends in football. No, we're just going to nope. keep running with even worse running backs. What the hell is Kyle Shanahan doing? You have, again, a top, arguably the best all-around tight end in the NFL, and you would much rather have him in line blocking. Mm -hmm. That is why I do not trust George Kittle in fantasy football. It's not because I don't like him or because I don't think he's good. He is freaking awesome. 
you gotta love the way he plays the game. Like he plays oh, it just and I oh, love it's it. great. I love it. But your best asset is availability. If you are not available to catch help catch passes, which he's not doing because he's blocking, because that's the plays that they're calling, you're not helping our fantasy team. Mm-hmm. That's my biggest beef with George Kittle. Yes, he's going to still have his good weeks because at a certain point, Kyle Shanahan's going to wise up and he's going to realize that George Kittle can get it done, especially in a really, really good matchup. But even in a bad matchup, he can get it done. Unless you're playing the Cardinals because Buda Baker is a piece. <laughs> but you know, with, with Ayuk, the, the encouraging part of it was the amount of snaps that he played last week and the amount of routes that he ran last week. He was second on the team in both of those categories. I understand right now that it's Debo's job to lose, which is fine. That's great. When has he stayed healthy for a full season? This is true, and this was. This... I mean, going back, going back to college, mm-hmm. he's played in five, he's played in ten, played in three, and played in twelve games in four years. Those were his. Like you can see the big leaps and bounds. Then mm-hmm. he played fifteen his rookie year. Awesome. Still missed a game. Last year he missed nine games. Like health with Debo is a legit concern, and I love Debo Samuel. My roommate is a huge college football guy. Turned me on to Debo a few years ago when he was drafted, and I was not disappointed in his rookie year. He was absolutely lights out. And even in the games that he played last year, he was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I love watching him with the ball in his hands because he has no fear. Plays a lot like George Kittle. Puts it all out on the line. And he right now, and through two weeks, he leads the NFL in yards after the catch. He gets it done when he has the ball in his hands. But at this point, he's a time bomb when it comes to injuries. We don't know that he's going to stay healthy because he has not proven over his career that he can last a full season. And now they've added a 17th game to that schedule. Right. And this is why I'm not taking the victory lap with Debo quite yet, because I do recognize that um, injury history with him. The thing that I really love about Debo is that they manufacture touches for him. He's essentially, they use him as like a running back. They'll, they'll, they'll hit him with the short passes and then let him mm-hmm. run the ball, get the yards after the catch, which I love, which is not really what I've seen with Ayuk even last year uh, when Debo was hurt. That's not really his role. Uh, so I like that they, they manufacture those touches for Debo, which is why I was so high so on him. perfect with Jimmy Garoppolo's game mm-hmm. because he does not throw the ball deep very well. He's got a noodle arm. Mm-hmm. So when he can work these pick and pops and, you know, the dink and dunks, the bubble screens, et cetera, let the guys get the yak. That's what they do best. The moment that they end up switching to Trey Lance, it's only a matter Brandon of time. Ayuk is going to take off. So that being said, realistically, where do you see Ayuk finishing? Because I know a lot of people were expecting him to just outside take that where everybody and... wanted him to finish. <laughs> That's what I'll say. Because honestly, I don't know outside of that. Fair I'm going to take the cheat way out on that one. <laughs> <laughs> At this enough. point, I wouldn't be shocked if it's barely top 50, but I don't uh, think he's going to finish his wide receiver 135. That I can yes, I, I, could, I, I would I would put a, a large amount of money on that bet uh, to say he will not finish that low. Uh, all right. So then one last uh, fantasy dud here we'll talk about. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, he's currently sitting at RB23, averaging 12 points per game. Uh, I, I know you said it earlier, this offense has not been looking great so far to start the season. I know JT has flashed a little bit. Um, he had some couple of nice runs uh, this last week that the little bit I saw of the game. Again, we were expecting him to finish, you know, as an RB1 and kind of a mid-range RB1 uh, prior to the Wentz and Quentin Nelson injuries. I know they're back, so you know, maybe low-end RB1 is, is a more fair uh place for him to finish but i don't think we expected after a couple weeks he'd be sitting as a low-end rb2 
do you see the ship getting righted with him? I'm not really worried about Jonathan Taylor per se. Um, I think at a certain point, even if Wentz is, is heard and out for a while, um, you know, they're going to lean on Jacob Eason. And anytime you have young quarterbacks, what's the best medicine? It's mm-hmm. short passes and it's a running game. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the big question really for the Colts has been the offensive line where they've had some issues outside of center and Nelson at, at left guard. Um, they've cycled Davenport back and forth between left and right tackle. Eric Fisher's only played a one game. Um, the who's the right guard. I can't think of his name right now, but you know, he's missed some time as well. So it, it's just, it's been, there hasn't been any cohesiveness yet. And again, you know, we, we talked about it with the, the Raiders and with the chiefs, like when, when these teams don't have time to let their offensive lines gel and really get a feel for, it, especially when you're trying to work in a new quarterback, even though it is a system that he's familiar with, mm-hmm. it's still new players that he's working with for the first time. Um, it, it, it makes you nervous. It really does. I think, like I said, I think JT is going to be fine. I think it's just, it's a rough start. He had a rough start to last year and then finished strong. And I understand he had an easier schedule at that point. Um, but, you know, a lot it, a lot of it's really just going to depend on can they figure this quarterback situation out. And right now it's it's up in the air. Uh, like I said, if, if Eason does end up starting this week, I think you might actually see a really good game from both Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines. Um, because, again, that's what they're going to need to lean on to beat Tennessee because you need to be able to take the ball out of Eason's hands because if you're expecting him to lead you back against Tannehill and A.J. Brown and Julio Jones and Derrick Henry, it ain't going to happen. You have to rely on the legs of Jonathan Taylor, and that Tennessee defense is god-awful. Taylor should have a really good game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And I think after that, we'll stop talking about, oh, Taylor's broken. Fair enough. And I love Jonathan Taylor, obviously. You see my Wisconsin badger flag behind me no uh, i'm a big Get here. big jt fan uh we've seen what he can do for years around here so i'm sure he will get right i'm not too worried about that um realistically though probably more of a low-end rb1 than that mid-range that we were hoping for but you know if he, we see more of that uh work out of the backfield that that could change so we'll see all right so we're nearing the end of our show sheet here so I know we all have our, our starts of the week here and Jake provided one for us as well. Um, but why don't we take a look at the upcoming week here for week three? And is there a game or two that, that you're really going to keep your eyes on, especially fantasy wise um, that interests you? Um, Thursday night for every single Carolina Panther. Um, <laughs> God, look, they're going to boat race you soon. I'm sorry. Like I, 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 I drafted a lot of Davis Mills just because I figured he was going to get thrown to the fire mm-hmm. pretty early this year. And I figured maybe I could turn him around for a second or third round pick. But, um, yeah, it's not going to be pretty. Uh, my co-host, Ryan Weiss, is the, as I like to call the stream master general. And he is in all on board the Carolina Panthers. And I wasn't believing him up until they finished last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Carolina's legit. They're going to bring it. Um, in terms of... I, I'm really intrigued by that Bucks Rams game. That was um, one I was going to point out. Yeah, I was going to say that one and uh, Seattle Minnesota, just in terms of like pure fantasy points, where defense really could get left by the wayside. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Seattle's defense, meh. Minnesota's defense, meh. but they can put up points on offense. They, they've yeah. got a lot of, they've got some good quarterbacks. They have very talented wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we know how good Tampa is. Um, this is the Rams in LA 
home game. Jalen Ramsey has been lights out so far. We know how good Aaron Donald is. Uh, Dominican Sue once played for the Rams. You know, he's going to have some revenge on his mind on the mm-hmm. other side for Tampa. Um, I, I, this is a game where I could see it being 48-45 shootout, or I could see it being like 10-7. Yep. Oh, yeah, for sure. And that's what's so exciting about it. It's like it's either people are going to have number one highest fantasy totals for the week or for their season coming this week with all the fantasy relevant players on both teams, or they're going to be sorely disappointed and lost because it is that defensive uh, struggle. So that was one game I was looking at. And then the other one is the Sunday night game uh, selfishly with the Packers and Niners, uh, just because the Packers have struggled against the Niners the last few seasons. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how that plays out. Um, versus that Niners defense, and um, well, if we're going that far, selfishly, I can't wait for Monday night. So, <laughs> <laughs> which I mean, that should be a really good game too, though. I mean, like you said, Dallas that's another one. Like I said, which Dallas and... defense is going to show up? Mm-hmm. You know, the one that got boat raced by Tampa opening week, or the one that shut down Justin Herbert last week, right? And that could be a huge fantasy output game too for for all the fantasy players involved. I mean, if neither defense decides to show up, I mean. You could see well, yeah, that. and and you know Philly's defense has looked okay. We did mm-hmm. just lose Brandon Graham, our our stud defensive end for the year. Um, so which I mean, again, that leaves a huge hole in the defensive line. So you know, th- there's a lot of things that that could go wrong, and a lot of things that could go right. So mm-hmm. that's another one kind of similar to Tampa Bay and, and the Rams, where uh, my eyes are definitely going to be on that one from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's move in here then to our start of the week here. Um, Jake says Robert Woods 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 versus Tampa Bay. Uh, How do you feel about that one? I know we were talking earlier about Cooper Cup kind of being the the focus of this offense, and Tampa Bay's defense has looked really good so far. Um, Yeah, but their secondary still sucks. It does, but I mean Stafford's got to get out the ball though too. So well, that's (laughs) the one thing that Stafford has had working in his favor. He's always had a very quick release. Mm-hmm. And the Rams' offensive line has, you know, they're they're top ten right mm-hmm. now, uh, just in terms of pass blocking grades and run blocking grades for uh, Pro Football Focus. So, um, you know, obviously maintaining and holding Aaron Donald is is one assignment, one too many. Um, but they, you know, would I, I think Woods has a good chance. I don't know that I would trust it yet, but I will say that depending on where they line Cooper Cup at. If they keep him in the slot, then I'm I'm going to be all on board Cooper Cup instead because uh, then Woods is going to see a lot more Carlton Davis and and of the secondary players, uh, Davis is hands down their best corner. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. So um, my start of the week is Saquon versus oh, you Atlanta. Went the easy route. Yeah, this is, this is a get right game for him. Uh, he's he's not looked great so far to start the season and. This yeah. makes me think that so you started the season 0-2 and, and then you needed a get-right game yourself, so you went with the easy route. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I I have Saquon on one squad, and I did win this last week even though he didn't uh, uh, do so great, and I had, I think, the second-highest score in the league. So, uh, right. no. So, just, just, don't don't put that on me, Ricky Bobby. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah. No, Saquon, this is going to be a get-right game for him. I think he's going to have a big game from what we expect to see from him he's had a couple weeks now coming back from that torn acl to kind of get used to it and and um 
get comfortable on it. So I think this is going to be a get right game for him in Atlanta's defense is God awful. So yeah, I, I know it's kind of a layup uh, pick here, but I think it's going to pay off. Definitely a layup. Yeah. yeah. So who is Parkley, your Parkley start of the week? <laughs> My start of the week. Uh, I'm going with a, a week two stud that showed out uh, Cortland Sutton. He Love plays it. the jets and the jets suck. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater has looked, so much better than even I imagined. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's making me wonder why I ever thought Drew Locke should have been the quarterback. <laughs> the um, but the, the couple stats that I found really interesting, uh, Sutton had one catch uh, for 14 yards in week one and still accounted for 51 air yards in week one. After last week, he leads the NFL in air yards with 309. Oof. Like he was absolutely ham last week, 159 yards on Nine catches on, with 12 targets. He is their passing offense. And I, I fully expect them to really get the running game going. I would love for them to stop splitting the carries between Melvin oh, Gordon and Javante Williams. Absolutely. And just give all the carries to Javante Williams. But until that happens, I think you're going, it's going to be a hard thing to really get either one of those guys going fully, which is going to mean that they have to lean on the passing game. And Corlin Sutton looked really good last week mm-hmm. and i don't see any reason why that should skip a beat against another really bad defense mm-hmm. absolutely i love that and selfishly as someone that as i said earlier invested in sutton hard this offseason i love that call so see foreshadowing that's right so <laughs> our last little thing here uh that jake and i normally do during the uh regular season and i will get jake's opinion on this uh folks and um We'll, we'll let you know if, if Jake takes this beer bet, but Josh, would you be willing to take this beer bet? And when I say beer bet, it's it's normally a shot or chugging a beer, whichever you choose. What, uh, what am I? Okay, so I, I see the names here, yep. but I'm, I'm just curious because I don't think one of them is playing this week. What? Oh, this was before the questionable. You're right. God damn it. Why you got to make so, me look bad on my own podcast? That, that's like I'm looking at I'm like, okay, well, is this for this week? Was this like a season long thing that they're just like, no, no, no. This was before um, I, uh, I didn't think he was going to miss any time this week with that injury. I, he may not. I don't know. Like uh, again, the, the reports say he's doing better, but it's still not great. So like I said, I personally don't think he's going to play this week, but he could very well end up playing this week. All right. Well, give me a minute here and I will come up with a new one. So folks, <laughs> while I'm looking up new stats here, uh, to, to oh, I'll tell you what, while you do that, let me fill in everybody what the original bet was while you do this. All right, the fair enough. was E. Higgins versus Deontay Johnson. Okay, now, I love both of these guys. I had them separated by maybe four spots in my preseason rankings. I had uh, Deontay Johnson as wide receiver 14, I believe, Higgins at either 18 or 19. Uh, and I have Higgins outscoring to Mark Chase on season. So I'm all in on both of these guys, and if you don't know me and what I do with Club Fantasy and how much I love Deontay Johnson, I love Deontay Johnson. I'm all on board with Deontay Johnson. He is an absolute stud. He's a target monster. And shame to all of you who faded him because he had drops. I didn't see any of you guys fading C.D. Lamb because of his drops. Guess who doesn't have a single drop on the season this year? Deontay (laughs) Johnson. So suck it. Anyway. Um... So, yeah, if this were the case, if we had a healthy T. Higgins 
who uh, they played Pittsburgh this week. I believe. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so Deontay and that, that that's usually tonight. our thing is that uh, we we pick players that are going against each other in the same game. Uh, okay. Just for whatever reason, that's just normally what we do. So, um, so yeah. I mean, that... you could probably keep the same, you know, mindset and stay Claypool. No, no, uh, I don't like that. How, how about this one? I, I, I found, I found a couple wide receivers. Okay. That that we 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 touched on the game. It's the Seahawks versus the Vikings. So, All right. So we've got. Um, I will say. I'll, I'll say. Adam Thielen outscores Tyler Lockett in PPR this week. I'll take the Tyler Lockett side. Though. You'll take the Lockett side? I I'll love it. Side, yeah, because I think KJ Osborne right now is going to outscore Adam Thielen this week. <laughs> that doesn't mean that Thielen can't outscore uh, uh, Tyler Lockett. So <laughs> I love yeah, it. I, I will take that. So I'll, I'll be team Lockett this week. All right. So, um, I'm updating our show sheet here. All right. So how this goes now, Josh, just so you know, and we'll see if Jake uh, gets in. I'm sure he'll take it just because it's our first no, uh, okay. bet of the season. I'll, I'll, pay it up. I'll, I'll send you guys a video. I'll post it on Twitter, whatever it oh, is we, I got to do. Yeah. yeah. Or, or, you know, if it works out in your schedule, you know, you can pop on the show for five minutes and, and uh, pay up your bet. Cause I'm sure I'm going to win this one. Uh, so, so the deal is when you lose, you have to tell the other, uh, uh, fantasy analyst that they are a, an incredible genius slash fantasy analyst. Okay. Uh, Brooklyn nine, nine reference reference. If you've, if you've seen the show. Um, uh, so yeah. Very so, sad to see you off the air. I know me too. So, so that's our, whole that was thing. very good finale though. It was very good finale. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. So don't, don't ruin oh. it for me. I know I, I'm like a full two seasons behind at this point. Um, and you guys are referencing a show you haven't even finished yet. Come on, Dustin. Get with it, man. I got nothing. I'm sorry. For shame! <laughs> I know. I got nothing. I can't even argue it. So, <laughs> so yeah. So, so that's the deal. Uh, like I said, if if you can't make it on the show for whatever reason, uh, we will we will shout you out. If 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 I lose, I will shout you out on the show. Um, but otherwise, yeah, you can post a video and and we'll, we'll get it out there to to shame you for. I, I was going to say everyone else. I'm off next Thursday or next Tuesday. Excuse me. So. I might be able to arrange popping on if I do lose or, you know, popping on if I win. And- oh, yeah. No, it, it goes the same way. If you win, please <laughs> come on so I, I can tell you how incredible you are uh, as, as a fantasy analyst. That's what it's all about. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah. I work uh, on props. I work <laughs> on props. <laughs> so, yeah, that uh, basically finishes up our show since we are at the bottom of our show sheet. Uh, this is your weekly. one more question in the chat, Dustin. There was? Oh, there is. Yeah. All right. So hopefully Zachary is still listening. Sorry, Zachary. I uh, just got so into the conversation. So um, he was offered Antonio Gibson and other Davis. I don't know what. Oh, who? Corey Davis, maybe? Uh, that would be my guess. I don't know any other Davises. I don't know either. For DeAndre Hopkins, PPR. I mean, if it's Corey Davis and Antonio Gibson, I would do that. Uh, yeah, I would probably do that too. I don't love giving up a number one wide receiver, but I'm always going to take a number one running back, and I do still feel that Antonio Gibson is that. Yeah, and if it's Corey Davis, I expect him. I mean, with what we've oh, seen so far, back. he's he's going to be a solid wide receiver too on the season. Which we, we talked about wide receiver twos. You know, they yeah, can't all be wide receiver ones. 
we talked about Corey Davis a lot on our show this past week because uh, Ryan and, and Joe both have been all on board the Corey Davis bandwagon all offseason. And um, we all after week one, we all said, all right, cool. Corey Davis, great. Still love him. Fade him this week. Bill Belichick <laughs> takes out your number one option. That's what he does. He did the exact same thing to Miami in week one. Gusecki, zero points. Last week, Corey Davis, 2.8, I think he had. So this is what Bill Belichick mm-hmm. does. So don't. Like, if you see a buy opportunity for Corey Davis, I would do it. Granted, I don't recommend trading DeAndre Hopkins to get him, but you're getting a number one running back in Antonio. Right. Absolutely. I agree. So we are definitely in agreement there. Um, So, yeah. Thank you, Zachary, for that question in the chat. Sorry we did not see that sooner. Uh, This is your weekly reminder, folks, to go out and check your waiver wire for dropped players. Um, You never know who's going to be dropped out there that, one people think is their trash is your treasure. So make sure you're doing that. No bye weeks. Thankfully, we have none until week six. So it's full slates of football until then. Uh, Josh, why don't you uh, let everybody know where they can find you and what you do and all that good stuff here before we uh, let you go? Well, first off, thank you, Dustin. And thank you, Jake, if you are happen to be listening. I appreciate you guys inviting me on and uh, letting me come on and, and shoot the shit and have some fun. You know, Who doesn't love talking football and having a few drinks? You know? Absolutely. Great. Um, you can find me on Twitter, uh, just like it says on the screen at the one Hudsonian. That's actually my social media handle on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, and I, I run club fantasy. Uh, so club fantasy, FFL.com is our website. Uh, we have articles up there every single week, waiver wire columns. We uh, do a lot of uh, betting analysis now. So we, uh, we have our blurred lines article from one of our new writers, Joel, uh, which should be dropping sometime tomorrow or Thursday. Um, we have a partnership with Thrive Fantasy, which is a, a kind of a combination of like prop bets and uh, DFS play. Uh, so we do some articles and videos on that. Uh, you can also check out our YouTube page. Uh, tomorrow, actually, Wednesday, we're giving away a signed David Montgomery Bears jersey because we just crossed Ooh. 200 subscribers. Nice. Uh, and that, that whole thing kind of spawned because we got into a lot of David Montgomery debates last week through our, our audience questions. And I just ha- happened to have a David Montgomery signed jersey. So I said, <laughs> screw it. Let's give that one away. Nice. Um, so, yeah, every every uh, 50 subscribers we get, uh, I have a, a whole closet full of uh, signed gear. And uh, we usually spin a wheel um, and decide kind of what we're going to give away for, for that week. And uh, we enter all of our subscribers into the contest and, um, you know, just let's have some fun. You know, that, that's the whole thing for, for us is, you know, we do this for the fans and, and, you know, obviously we love talking football, but at the end of the day, we want to help you guys win. And, and uh, that's what we're trying to do. We have our core Wednesday show, no punt intended with uh, my co-hosts, Ryan Weiss and, and Joe Zolo, whom you guys have had both of them on the show mm-hmm. at one point. Um, I'm still a little hurt that I was the last of them since I run club fantasy, but it's hey, definitely not okay. least though. That's the thing. That's just how it worked out, man. Come on. Doesn't matter when you come on as long as you come on. That's right. right. Uh, <laughs> we have our, uh, our Thursday DFS and chill show. Uh, we obviously, you know, obviously DFS based, uh, hosted by Ryan and our lead DFS writer, Kira, and we have different guests on there every week. This coming Thursday is the debut of our, our, our dynasty show club dynasty hosted by myself and, one of our dynasty writers, Zach Smith, and uh, should be having a guest on for that as well. And, and every Saturday morning, we do our start, sit, different day. So we do it Saturdays instead of Sundays, like most other people. So you get your questions in first, and then you can ask everybody else for confirming opinions. There you go. Yeah, I like that. We always have new guests on for that. <laughs> it's Saturdays at 11 a.m. again on our YouTube page, youtube.com forward slash club fantasy FFL. 
All right. Awesome. Lots of good stuff there. Definitely go check it out, folks, if you haven't, because uh, you are missing out uh, uh, some of the best in the business. So. And I'm sure Dustin and Jake will be on some Saturday with us in the near future. Hmm. I would hope so. <laughs> but no, thank you so much for coming on uh, and, and filling in for Jake here as as the sitting co-host this week. I, I truly do appreciate it, because as I said at the outset here, um, just talking into a screen by myself, you know, people don't want to see fun. that. So uh, this, this was great. I, I truly do appreciate it. I had a lot of fun uh, this week. Uh, so thank you again for coming on. Uh, folks, um, you can find us in our fantasy fantasy page, Twitter page, uh, at Drinking Fantasy. You can find my co-host Jake at Jake Trowbridge, and you can find me at FF Dusty Dog. And until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. <laughs>